everybody. I got my drink. I got everything. Okay. Hi, Rebel. Oh, the stories we will tell. Episode eight. So good to see you. We're going to look in there. Is That's that cool? where I'm looking. Yeah. You just held up nine fingers. No, I didn't. Oh, you have two fours. Sorry. Yeah, my bad. The new regulations of religious affairs law that went into effect in China last February has led to a widespread crackdown on Christians throughout the country. Although churches in China have a long history of standing up under persecution, even growing and expanding while suffering fierce oppression, our brothers and sisters need encouragement, help, and hope. Churches have been closed down or torn down, house churches have been raided, and pastors and church members have been arrested, interrogated, and imprisoned. The Voice of the Martyrs continues to stand with our brothers and sisters in China, providing help for those affected by this new wave of persecution and strengthening the church with Bibles and other ministry tools. Your generous gift will remind these precious saints that they are not forgotten and the wider body of Christ is standing with them. For more information, go to persecution.com. And when you do and when you donate, tell them you heard about them on Rebel Parenting. God bless, Rebels. Welcome to Oh, The Stories We Will Tell, hosted by best-selling authors and speakers, Ryan and Laura Dobson. We're pulling back the curtains to give you a behind-the-scenes, unfiltered, honest look at our life together, from day one up to today. Everything. We'll tell the stories of all the laughter, tears, triumphs, and failures that helped make us who we are. Here we go. So let's join the Atomic Mum and the Disruptor, Ryan and Laura Dobson. For this episode of Oh, The Stories We Will Tell. Thank you all for joining us. We appreciate it. Oh, The Stories We Will Tell, episode eight, uh, when we left off. Uh, we were heading to California for a baby shower because you were pregnant with baby Lincoln. Yeah. Isn't it funny? I haven't said baby Lincoln in so long. I know. He's, oh, he's taller than me almost. Yeah. But that was his name for years and years, baby, baby Lincoln. Baby Lincoln. Uh... And of course, someone's calling my Instagram phone right in the middle of a recording. So sorry, IG, if you're off. There, they're back on. Um, flew so, out for a baby shower. Yeah. And you went to your mom's house. Yeah. And she had had a heart attack and passed away. Yes. And that's. And then Aunt Pam. That's where we left off. Okay. Paramedics came. Paramedics came and the firemen came and then. Uh, we gave her CPR and we did all everything you're supposed to do. Yep. And it couldn't resuscitate her. And so they took her and I was left behind because I didn't have a car. I didn't have anything. And back then we didn't have Uber. That's right. Because you took a cab to your mom's so place. So I took a cab and I was really flustered as anyone would be. And so I just sat there with the paramedics and they were kind, but it was the, it was like surreal just sitting there waiting for someone to come pick me up. So my sister-in-law came and picked me up. So did you call her? No, she, yes, I called Pam. I called so Pam and Steve. So she was the second person you called to say what had happened. Yeah. So I called you first, then I called Pam. Because the paramedics came while we were on the phone. Yes. So after they took your mom, that's when you had called Pam? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And Pam, Pam came and got me, and Steve, that's my brother, he went straight to the hospital to Hogue. Mm-hmm. And they pronounced her dead on arrival. Um, and then that's when 
Steve called Pam and we hadn't even left. Like I hadn't even got, I could still see her house. That's, I was just jumped in Pam's car and we were going straight to the hospital and they said, she's gone. And then we didn't go to the hospital. I was like, I don't want, I don't want to see her. I already saw her. I'm good. And then I lost it. I just lost it. Yeah. I lost it for about a week straight crying. Totally. And at this time, while you're doing that, I was on the phone with my parents. Yes. I was pulled over and I was right at a spot where Oh, right. There was no cell coverage if I went any further. So there's be nobody for no way for me to contact anyone. And I called my parent, I called my dad at work. Um Mhm. <sighs> yeah. And then your parents. I called my dad and he said he said, what do you want us to do? And I said, come to California. And they literally started driving to the airport at that moment. Like my dad left his office, picked up my mom and they drove to Denver. And on the way, his assistant got him a plane flight and they made it to California before I did. Yeah. That's pretty good parents. I got to say. That's awesome. You know, it, like, the the amount of love and support we experienced in that moment of crisis for us was just unbelievable. My best friend, Jean, who was our matron of honor, mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. was on a plane that day. Was it that day? I, f- I believe it was that day or that next day, but I, but I feel it was that day she showed up. I think she was there when I arrived. Yeah. Because I, I could barely walk. Yeah. <laughs> that was, I mean... You got to consider that Laura is five months pregnant, arrives at her mom's house for a baby shower yeah, and finds her mom passed away from a heart attack. I'm not there. <laughs> I'm in the middle of nowhere. He's in the middle of Utah somewhere. Yep. Uh, I dropped the hammer. I drove so fast. But he kept the speed limit, everybody. Oh, yeah. Totally kept the speed limit the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely followed all traffic laws, obeyed all posted signs. For those just listening, I'm shaking my head the whole time. Um, you know, here's the truth. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, in it now looking back, it's, hi- you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, And just allowing God to allow, I could see so many people just loved on us during that season. We can see that today. Today. I got into that. So I left, I, I, I pulled over the side of the road as soon as, Laura was talking to me. I can tell you exactly where. You know when we're on 70 and there's that giant propane tank? Yeah. And we've been to the Burger King yeah. on that exit? Uh-huh. That's where I pulled over. Oh, I know where that is. Yeah. Um, and then when I knew, if I started driving, no cell coverage. I couldn't talk to anybody. I couldn't call anyone. It was going to be me by myself for the next three hours. And um, I was so angry with God. I was so mad. I believe that husbands are supposed to be providers and protectors, that I should have been there, that I should have had that as my mm. last scene. Like all the things that I thought I should be responsible for was out of my hands. Uh, there's nothing I could do. You know, we're talking on the phone and what am I going to say? Oh, it's going to be okay. No, it's not. It's not going to be okay. I'll take care of it. No, I'm not. I'm not going to take care of it. Yeah. And I remember telling the Lord how mad I was and how dare he... And I heard him say, I have you here for a reason. I have her there for a reason. And not the, you know, I have a plan to prosper you, not to harm you voice. It was the voice that 
Job heard. Uh, and I remember saying, why then? Why? Give, and essentially what I want and what we want in times of crisis is give me an explanation that makes me feel better. Yeah, for sure. And you're never going to get that. I mean, what explanation could the Lord have given me in that moment? Anything, you know, that would have made me feel better. Of an unexpected death. I mean, it just doesn't, doesn't happen, but yet we ask for it. And it's human to ask for it. It's okay to ask for it. Yeah. It's okay to be angry with God. I think he's bigger than our anger and our bigger than our sadness. Amen. Um, and you know this now. I didn't go straight to Laura. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We talked about that the last time. That's right. So we did discuss a little we bit We discussed about a little that. bit of it. Yeah, I went to Sid's tattoo shop who does my does my tattoos, and he and Rob prayed for me, and then I went to see you. Yeah, and then I don't think I slept for a long time, and I remember calling my physician, my OB, because yeah. I, I was so Shout out to <laughs> Dr. B. Shout out to Dr. Biza. Yep. Here in Colorado Springs. Dr. Biza, you're the best. Um, I thought, Maybe something had happened to the baby for some reason. You know, it was my first child. I didn't know what I was doing. Totally. And, and you were hysterical. I mean, like, yeah, uncontrollable weeping for days. Yeah. And, and he just assured me that, yep. Laura, there are women who have babies in worn, torn countries where there's war and famine and nothing. And, and those babies survive. Your baby is perfectly fine. And when he said that, that just gave me mm. this peace. Right. It didn't take away the the grief in the morning I was going to go through or no. or that I was in. But at least I had peace that Lincoln was okay. But, but before we have to say, we didn't know it was Lincoln yeah. at this point. We just knew I was pregnant. We hadn't. We hadn't known if it was a boy or a girl. Yep. So if it was a girl, it was. I think the name we had chosen was uh, Lily. Or Gil or Jillian, remember we had different names for the girl. So yeah. we didn't know if it was Jillian or Lincoln yet um, until we went to this little tiny. Yeah, I'm a shout out to them. Ultrasound Services of Orange County on 19th Street. It was just like we literally looked for ultrasound in the phone book, and it was like you can come here and get an ultrasound. That's, that's all we wanted was an ultrasound. That's all they do just to check. And we went the next day, and not only did they do an ultrasound, they gave us a DVD of it. And so I then that's that. when we found out. I have it. That's when we found out that we were having a baby boy. I should post that online. And it was, and so that I know my mom would have been so proud. And we too. went a bunch of times. And at the baby shower, she had a beanie babies. I like beanie babies. If anyone doesn't know it, um, she had a boy and a girl beanie baby. So like a pink bear and a brown and a pink bear and a blue bear. You have a tattoo of it. Yeah, and um, so we got the blue bear for Lincoln. Yep. So yeah, I mean. During that time, too, so all the shower gifts, because the shower was the next day, and we had over 45 people coming to the shower. Oh. So 45 people had to be notified that Linda has passed away. There will be no baby shower. I mean, it was just traumatic for an entire communi community. Yeah. Because um, these are all my mom's friends, my friends. It's not like we're just, oh, hi, uh, Laura's not having the shower. We had to, everyone got to know within 24 hours what was going on. So... It was massive for an entire community. It was Remember? terrible. Yeah, it was. It was yeah. a terrible thing. It was but super But then rough. later that week, they brought all the presents because I, I didn't want to open the presents. I didn't want anything. No. I didn't want to go back into our house. I didn't mm -hmm. want to. There was nothing about that I was having. Um, so all the ladies that were like all my godmothers and 
older moms that I just love and sister-in-laws. They all came down to my sister-in-law Pam's house and they threw like a tiny little shower for me. And helped you open gifts. And helped me open all the gifts because I couldn't do it. Yeah. And showed us all the things my mom got for Lincoln and it was fantastic. And I saved lots of the stuff she she gave him. Well, and I've said that before. You want to have a terrible time? Open up gifts that you were supposed to open with your mom the day after she passes away. Yeah. I mean, it was like, oh my goodness. It's just terrible on top of terrible on top of horrible on top of terrible. Yeah. Uh, I will say this. Uh, having been ordained as long as I have now and having done weddings and funerals, weddings and funerals bring out the best and worst in families. For real. Uh, I mean, you've never seen fights like at a wedding like this joyous occasion and i mean wow fights break out over nothing over pettiness over you know over just nothing and the ugliness that comes out and i gotta tell you laura's family bound together because well we thought one of your nephews might have epstein Barr at the time and there was like all these things going on and yet Every single one of them was like joop right there around each other. I mean, they, I couldn't believe it. I was, I was amazed. And we had a, we had a brother in Costa Rica that had to get the call in Costa Rica that his mom, yeah, John and Laura were on vacation. They were on a family vacation with their daughter and, um, they had to get, it was one, it was hard to find them and two, then to be told that. And then three, he had to wait. You know, it took him about eight, nine hours to get back. Oh, yeah. To be with I mean, us think all. This is so pre-iPhone, pre-iTunes, pre-Facebook, pre-Instagram, pre-social pre media, pre-Twitter. I mean, I had a I had a sidekick, too, Yeah. that you could double text on with a flip screen. I mean, like. So it was, this was a while ago, but. And it was cellular, you know, like. So by the time it, he like, got home oh, to oh. us. We, Mike and all, you know, I come from a big family. We had all been together for the last 15 hours. And so I felt so bad for my brother, John, who had to grind it out alone, just waiting to get to Mm -hmm. be with us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, my family, we all came together like glue. And my dad just stepped in like he'd never stepped in before. And I remember him saying, well, I guess it's my turn now to be a dad. (laughs) He said something like that. Yeah. I got to be honest. Uh... I wasn't that thrilled with Steve before this time. Uh, He was kind of a wild man. Um, Just a little. You know, yeah. He was a little bit of a... (laughs) Your parents had been divorced since you were 18. Yes. So they hadn't been together in quite some time. Uh, And I I was irritated by him quite frequently. And he flipped a light switch. Laura's dad... From that day forward for two straight years, two years, over 700 days in a row, called Laura every single day. Yeah. She did not have to reach out. Every single day, over 700 days in a row, yeah. your dad called. It was he called pretty, when he was out of the country. Yeah. He called when he was at work. He called when he had the flu. He called when he had surgery. I mean, he called every single day. And do you know what? check that, on me. That builds trust. Yeah, and remember the gift he gave? So, because my mom was supposed to fly out to Colorado because I didn't have many friends here, and I didn't... Many? I didn't have any friends. 
Well, and I didn't, and I wasn't the type that grew up babysitting. So I didn't really know what I was getting my hands into having a baby. And so Mm -hmm. my mom was going to fly out and And stay with with us us for six weeks. Yeah. That was the deal. Um, so then when she died, I didn't have that. And I, here I am, I'm going to have this baby in October and I don't know what to do. And so my dad, we don't have to do anyway, like. First time parents, yes, I know my parents are Jim and Shirley Dobson, and nothing prepares you for having a baby. Yeah. Nothing prepares you. For, you can read every book. We did. You can go to every class. Yes, we did. I did. Every class. Every. We went to the car seat installation class. Which is by very the fire important. Department. You should take it, everybody. Yeah. What's that thing we have? The click, the that oh, seat the thing? Seat, the fastener. I know. I I'll find it's out. Called. It's the greatest product in the world. And. We didn't know what we were getting into. Nothing. And Laura's dad got us. Hired uh, us. Like a housekeeper. A, a housekeeper just to do and some we'll light. We don't oh. want to tell that story yet. It's too good. We got to go back to this. Okay. But he did get us that gift. For six weeks, he paid for someone to come and clean our house and help. And then she became part of our family. And, and she's still, still part today. of our family. I know. It's only been 13 years. Yeah. <laughs> the Shout greatest thing in the you. world. Yeah. Um, funeral comes. Wow, it was huge. Yeah, the funeral was at St. Andrew's uh, Presbyterian in uh, Newport Beach. There were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. It was surreal. See, I come from a family. It's my mom, my dad, my sister, and me. My dad is an only child. My mom has one brother. Uh, You know, small family, small family gatherings. It's a handful of people at the most. If my dad's cousin brought his kids then it was like whoa there's so many people and there'd be like seven of us eight of us i mean it was so small on laura's side of the family there were a lot of people i just was unprepared for how and then how many of our friends just showed up i mean just came out of the woodwork i'll never forget something that changed my life that day my friend dave green i've known since i've been 15 Dave came up to me at the funeral and he goes, Hey dude, how you doing? And I was like, Oh, I'm good. How are you? And he goes, what? And I said, what? And he goes, dude, (laughs) how are you doing? And it was like a shock. uh, Cause you just say, I'm fine. How are you at everything? And he just looked at me like, what? And I go, Oh, Oh, I'm terrible. Mm. And he goes, Oh, good you mean you're human mm-hmm. and it was like because i felt like i had been carrying everything right like i gotta be strong for laura and i gotta be strong for the baby and i've gotta make sure i eat make sure she eats and i gotta <laughs> be there for my parents and i gotta make you know like i gotta get ultrasounds and i gotta talk to the doctor and i gotta make sure we do appointments and and i go into like you know when in doubt work harder so yeah i am just killing myself and he was like, you are terrible. Slow. Well, I can't say what he said. Slow down. Slow down. Uh, yeah, that was good advice. And the funeral was beautiful. It was weird and crazy and beautiful and sad. It was and, only weird I know. for one reason, but it was a great funeral. And um, My dad spoke. Yeah, your dad spoke, and which was nice and... And listen, people, we hadn't been married a year yet. For real, it's May 18th. We got married on June 12th. 
Yeah. It's been 11 months. Like, and on our wedding day, we hadn't known each other six months. We've now not known each other 18 months for real. So this yeah. was the, yeah, that's a crazy way to start. Right? Yeah. It, it was, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm speechless on that one. Yeah. Yeah. It but was. my mom was remarried and the, it just, her husband had shared some things at the funeral that were just a little odd. So just as Ryan had shared that sometimes weddings and funerals bring out the best of people and the worst, the worst of things, it wasn't bad or malicious or anything mean of anything. It was just odd and different from what you would think that should be said at a funeral. <laughs> right before my dad's Right before Dr. Dobson goes on to speak. So... Anyway, it ended well. And Listen, the, we, I can we be honest. Favorite... He was talking about past lives that he knew her in and who they were. And yeah. By the way, you want to know how you know past lives aren't real? Because no one in a past life has ever been a janitor. No one was ever shoveling horse poo in their past life. Everyone that has a past life was apparently a king or a queen or a warrior or the savior or some grandiose, grandiose thing. Figure. No one's ever been a dung beetle in a past life. Yeah. No one's ever been, an you aunt. know. I was an aunt. Yeah. So he starts talking about all the past lives they were and it, when they were dolphins and when he was a Mayan warrior and like all these things. And, it just went on and on. And, and I'm sitting the crowd there was a little... next to my dad just thinking, Oh my goodness, what are you going to like? How do you follow that? Yeah. And he, of course, is the most gracious and didn't, you know, he just, just jumped went up right and in did and, his thing. And, and was my brother very kind. shared. Oh, and they were so most of strong. All of them. Yeah, it was just a neat thing. Your brothers rule. Yeah. They really I love do. my bros. Laura has. Shout out to my brothers. She has an exceptional family. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So we were so supposed to be in California after- for a week. Oh, yeah. Like a week. That's it. One week we're going to be in California because I wasn't working. Like, we again, when we moved to Colorado, when we moved there, I had been riding a high wave. I mean, I was speaking all the time. I'm traveling. I'm making money. All over the country. And we got to Colorado, and it was crickets and a desert. Like, we were broke. I mean, bro. And I was still in debt from my divorce. So we were super, super broke. Paying off that. We were in California for a month. I mean, like four full weeks we were in California. Yeah. That was I didn't so... want to leave. No, why would you? We're going to go back home and have no friends. I mean, think about that. So we don't know anybody, really. I mean, we've been there for a little while. See, it was, uh, we moved November 1st, November, December, January, February, March, we, April, we May. We've known some people, but Six we didn't months. really have any friends. Not friends, friends. I mean, Not friends, we didn't friends. meet Wassers and anything until Crazy Kimmy came out. And, and we didn't like, meet Producer K until we went to Mops. Exactly. We, so we don't know almost anyone at all. We've been there six months and, well, five because a month of it. Now, Ooh. for the seventh month, we were in California. Yeah. And it got to a point where I had to go home and start working again. I mean, I have to go home and work. Yeah. So I now know, because I'd been driven to California a bunch of times before, but I'd always stay overnight in St. George. And now I know I can do it in one shot. I can do it in 17 hours if I follow all the speed limits and follow the traffic signs. Um, So I developed this plan. Laura is at her brother's with nieces and nephews, surrounded by love, care, and affection, and I know that if I put the hammer down, I can get back to Colorado in a big hurry. Before I land. So 
my plan is to put Laura to bed and immediately start driving. And this is, it's not pre 9-11, but I knew I could be at the airport before she landed Yeah. in Colorado Springs. And the flight to, to Colorado Springs up. is two and a half hours. It's just like that. And so I've got this whole thing planned and it's a pretty good plan. Yeah. So the night that Laura's going to go to sleep and I'm going to start driving, she comes to me and goes, I don't want to be here by myself. I want to go with you. I just could not be alone. Yeah. I could not imagine flying on a plane alone. I don't know what it was. Oh, but see, I didn't know that part. The like, thought of being alone on a plane again and then getting off the plane and either thinking Ryan's gone now or just the fears that come up after you lose someone like that traumatically. Um, there was just no way I was getting on that plane alone and coming home to whatever I thought I was coming home to. Mm. And so I was like, nope, I don't want to leave his side. So, so that's what was going on in this head. <laughs> Women, what you don't know is... Your husbands, your significant others have this ability to have a two-part conversation in the blink of an eye in our heads where you say something that sounds totally irrational to my binary black and white brain. And in my head, I come up with every possible argument I can come up with to see, is there anything I can say that will change your mind? Is there any possible thing I can say to change your mind? And as I'm having this instant, I mean, Laura's there and she's got tears in her eyes and she's saying, I don't want to be here by myself. And I'm thinking, oh, hon, I know you think you want to go with me, but this is a 17 hour drive and, and you're, you're six and a half months pregnant. And there's no chance we'll make it from rest stop to rest stop. You're going to be peeing on the side of the road as a pregnant woman and all these things. I'm going through every last argument. And the Lord says to me, oh, no, you should bring her with you. And I'm like, what? No. No, I have a good plan and you gave me a good brain and my good brain that you gave me came up with a good plan. No, I will not. No, come on. And because he just wanted to drive home fast, listen to loud music and stuff all his feelings and be a dude and yep, not. I was tired of crying. Drive really slow. I was tired of crying. I was. I was tired of being around crying people. I wanted alone time. I had been around people 24 hours a day for a month. I had never been by myself except in the bathroom for a month. And I just, I felt like I needed it. And I was yeah. like, come on. Really? And so. the Lord's like, hey, do it anyway. So it didn't take 17 and a half hours. I didn't drop the hammer. It took 20 22? Two and a half hours plus we stayed the night in St. George. Yeah. Oh, it was so, people, it was so long. And we cried. I cried almost the whole drive yeah. home. Because people always ask, oh, was it a great trip? No. No. It was a terrible trip. We cried the whole time because I, I honestly. I mean, we did tell good stories that there were times where. No, for sure. But it was tears of, it was tears of joy and sadness. Sadness, because Yeah. Again, we didn't know each other that long. Like, you have to understand what that means. So if you've not known someone very long, you haven't told all your family stories. You haven't gone into detail of all those things. You think you have time. You think there will be time for your mom and your mom-in-law to tell you all the funny things she did when, when Laura was little. You think there's going to be time to hear all those different things, and, and it was gone. And you told me about mm. your mom driving the convertible and taking you to concerts and and any story that your friends had said at the funeral or since then. And we talked about all the things that she would miss. Mm -hmm. That was, that was the hardest part. That still is the hardest part is all the things she's missed. 
And any time my family gets together, we, we do cry about that because she has missed so much life. Now she has close to 21 grandchildren that she didn't get to meet. And some of them are married now. And there's just so much she has missed out on that is unfortunate. Yeah, it's very it sad. So we still, you know, she was a she was a great lady. Don't get me wrong. She had all her faults, too. You know, she was just doing the best she could as a mom. But she was well-loved. Well-loved yeah. and well taken care of. And she uh, she did her best to love on all of us as much as she could. And Totally. So. You know, I have, I've told the story a bunch of times. Um, I tell it in a different way when I'm on stage. But I will tell you this. People always say, well, why do you think Linda passed away? I don't know. I've never been given an answer. Me neither. And one wouldn't suffice because people say, oh, my goodness, you should have heard the things people said at the funeral to me. Oh, I just almost punched people in the face over and over and over again. I mean, I'm really. I'm glad you didn't do that. I know. It's probably better. But here's the truth, too. When someone's going through a hardcore crisis and you want to say something brilliant to them, go to the mirror Say it to you and then punch yourself in the face and shut up. Okay? Just say, I'm sorry. Just say, I'm sorry. That's all that needs to be said. Or don't say anything. Just hug somebody and be there while they cry. And don't try to fix it. And don't try to make someone feel better when they shouldn't feel better. You shouldn't feel good at a funeral. Like, I hate the funerals. Like, we're here for a celebration. No, we're not. No, we're not. No one's here for a celebration. The person that's in heaven is celebrating. Everybody else here is mourning the in-between time because it's such a loss to lose a person close to you that you want to be with you. It's not a celebrate. Oh, they're in a better place. I'm in a worse place. Okay? What are our kids doing upstairs? Dancing around. I guess. I was in a worse place. But go, oh, your testimony. I don't want the testimony. I want yeah. Linda. Yeah. Goodness gracious, I would rather have never told this story one time. I'd rather not help one person if we could have her back. Yeah. Like, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I would rather not help one person with this story if we could have her back. So don't tell me it's worth it because I get to tell this stupid story over again. Yeah. It's not. Amen, honey. Yeah, reminding someone she's in a better place. Wow. It's just so heartless. And for people that have said it, because, I mean, people come at me all the time like, oh my gosh, I totally said all those things. I know. I've said them too. Yeah, I stopped saying I've, them after that. I stopped saying them after that, yeah. And here's the truth. Laura and I did not know each other very well. Like, my parents dated for three and a half years before they got married. They really knew each other. We dated for three weeks and got engaged and five months later we got married. So we didn't know each other. And what that drive did for us was it bonded us together. Mm. It gave us this, Laura knows. get there I didn't think I was setting up for this when we did this podcast but she knows there's nothing I won't do 
That I mean, is there's true. nothing. I'll do anything for my wife. Yeah. I will. I'll do anything. But I needed a way to prove it. So I'll cry for 22 and a half hours a day. And listen to Coldplay. <laughs> again and again and again. Do you know I've not listened to that song one time since that drive? It's hard to listen to. Even 12 years later. There's that line when the tears stream down your face. When you lose something you can't replace. <laughs> That's what love is. You love anything and your heart is wrenched. Yeah. And I think C.S. Lewis says that in one of his books. So it's so much better to love people than to let unforgiveness get in the way of your relationships. If there's anything that comes out of today's talk, I would just love it if I meet so many ladies who have struggles with their moms or don't like their moms or don't have this and my mom wasn't perfect but I tell you I I didn't have any unforgiveness or any bitterness towards her and I think that's what made the struggle and the grief and the the mourning so radical and so difficult is because we were connected and we were close we had worked on our issues we had talked about our issues we had gone to each other and talked about the the things that didn't work in our relationship and we had fixed them and we had gone to mother-daughter workshops and I'd done the hard work and she had done the hard work to reconcile so if you're out there and you're not reconciled to your mother I just urge you to do it do it while they're alive because it's better to do it this side than when they're already gone yeah it's true that's my only little thing but it's right though it is yeah it's hard to do But it's better than the alternative because I've met many people who have lost their parents and they're not reconciled and they do have so many more questions still left on the table. So, yeah. yeah. And that's okay too sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it is what it is. The stories we will tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, getting back to Colorado, it was tough. And... We were a different couple when we got home. Yep. You know? Yeah. Like you go through things that you think I could never go through. And then you come out on the other side of it and you're like, oh, wow. You know? Like what can't we go through? Or we'll tell this story. We went to Australia when Lincoln was one. 14-hour flight. There's no flight after that that's a big deal. Like you do 14 hours with a one-year-old colicky baby. And then anything after that, you're like, whatever, just easy, easy. It's no big deal. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) I think we should end. All right. I love you. Love you. Love you, Rebels. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next week for episode nine. Oh, the Stories We Will Tell is produced by Rebel Parenting. And when you need a little help with your marriage or parenting, and everyone does, you can find it at rebelparenting.org. Sign up for the Rebel Parenting Update by texting the word REBEL to 444-999. That's R-E-B-E-L, and the number is 444-999. God bless. 
We'll see you next time for another episode of Oh, the Stories We Will Tell. Oh, the Stories We Will Tell.